Welcome to the Emmanuel Baptist Church Podcast. We pray that the sermon you're about to hear would be useful as you grow in your love for God and your love for His church. Now, here's today's sermon. If you're there in Ecclesiastes 3, we're going to start in verse 1 and we're going to read down to verse 8. It says this, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. I always think of COVID-19 when I think of that. (laughs) A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. God bless the reading of his word. Now, before we go very far in this text, I we could easily go through this entire text, all these different verses, a time to do this, a time to do that, and walk through each one individually. But more than anything today, I want us to just reflect on two very important things that Ecclesiastes 3 teaches us. Two very important things, and I hope that it can be an encouragement to you today as you look forward with hope in 2024. Number one, Ecclesiastes 3 teaches us that there is a season and a time for everything in our lives. Now, to understand this passage even better, we need to understand the context of what we just read. If you're unfamiliar with the book of Ecclesiastes, it's a wonderful, fantastic book that can really make us feel discouraged pretty early on. And the reason why is because it was written likely by Solomon, one of the wisest men who ever lived. And he's reflecting in the first few chapters of Ecclesiastes, reflecting all these different aspects of life, all these basic human experiences. And he counts it all, as the word says, as vanity. Now, you might be wondering, what in the world, Pastor Trent, is vanity? Well, as my... Uh, study Bible here explains the original Hebrew word for vanity is hebel, which literally means a vapor or a breath. It, it's reminding of uh, passages like James 4 where it says life is but a vapor, a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's what life is. And that's what Solomon has come to, to realize. All these things that we work so hard for, they are vanity. They are vanishing. They go away so quickly. As quickly as they come in, so quickly do they leave. And ultimately, what Solomon comes to the conclusion of is everything under the heavens is vanity. You might say worthless. Now, we can sit here and go, well, that's not very encouraging, Pastor Trent. I got New Year's resolutions. You're saying that they don't matter? (laughs) Well, that's where Ecclesiastes 3 comes in. There's a time for everything. There's a season. There's a time for all these things under heaven. As you see in the passage, 
if we do a little bit of a word study here, there's 14 lines of 28 unique life experiences, all of which contrast one another in some way. To head all these contrasts are 28 uses of the word time. Do you think Solomon has something to tell us? Something about time here? If you're unfamiliar with studying scripture, anytime the writer would repeat himself, it's clear that there's something unique and important that he wants to teach us. Understanding this word time and season expresses that though all things under heaven are meaningless in the eternal concept of things, there still is a time and a place for all things. Now, when we understand this idea of a season, a season comes and it goes, doesn't it? You think about seasons of weather, right? And when I think about a season and I think about how beautiful this text illustrates the idea of a season, I think about right now, right? The last, I think, was it, when was the first day of winter? It was December 21st. Everybody knows that because that is the worst day of the year <laughs> for everybody because the sun goes down so fast. And winter is usually not accompanied with very good feelings, is it? Oftentimes when winter comes around, it's cold, it's bitter. Everything around is gray. It's dark. And it's just depressing. But when we think about what makes winter so awful, then we can realize what makes spring so beautiful. When we think about spring, we think about when the weather starts to change right around the end of March, early April, right? We think about how things start to get life again. The dark, the gray, the gloom, it starts to pass away and things start coming back to life. Colors start coming back on the scene. The weather gets warmer. It's no doubt and there's no confusion on the reason why we feel so depressed, right? Seasonal depression being such a real thing this time of year. But yet things get better as the seasons progress. I don't think God did that on accident. Whenever he explains seasons, right, it's a reflection of our spiritual health sometimes. Because let me tell you that there are times in our lives, and this is just the reflection of the text, that there are times where we will weep and mourn, and there's times where we'll laugh and dance and rejoice. This is a great reflection for us as we enter into 2024. That if you're going through a season of darkness and pain, you can look forward to a great season of hope and light. Now, reflecting on the year 2023, maybe for some of us, 2023 was a wonderful year. Maybe you bought a new house, which is probably unlikely in this market, but if you bought a house good for you. Maybe you bought a new car, or new to you car. Maybe you had a new child, or maybe your child had a child, and you're now a grandparent for the first time. You got to hold a newborn baby. Maybe you journeyed into an exciting new stage of life. Maybe you got a new job. You got a promotion at the job you have. 
Maybe your financial situation started looking up. Maybe 2023 was a great year for you. Maybe, and maybe for most of us, 2023 is a year that you likely would want to put in the rearview mirror. Maybe you lost a loved one or someone near to you. Maybe you struggled with a sickness or someone you know was wrestling with the sickness and despite the constant prayers you lifted up to God, they just, nothing seemed to change. Maybe this was the worst year for you financially. Maybe you have been in a hole for so long that you're starting to lose hope. Maybe you just tried your absolute hardest to get by, but you're just ready for this year to end so you have hope for next year. What I find most comforting about this passage in Ecclesiastes is that it assures us that these seasons that we walk through, these different challenges in our lives, whether it's a challenge or it's a blessing, all of them are seasons that no matter what we can rejoice in because God is in them. Understand that in this great span of our lives, that there are times that we can laugh and dance, yet times when we are called to weep and mourn. I love how the Apostle Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. He says, we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. What does that mean for us today, church? Is that no matter what season you're going through, we have greater things to look forward to. No matter what things is happening in your life, whether that's good or bad, church, be reminded that your God is faithful. He is with you through this. Though it seems like you are so alone, maybe you feel that way. It is such a joy to know that our God is near to us. He's near to the brokenhearted. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Kind of brings in a second, maybe more challenging concept that time is fleeting from us. As we sit here, 2024 is less than 24 hours away at this point. Doesn't really seem possible, does it? And as I was thinking about it, it seems like the older you get, and people told me this when I was young, and I said, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. And then I realized, oh, you do know what you're talking about. The older you get, the faster time goes. I, can I get an amen? That's kind of how it goes, isn't it? You know, <clears throat> it's so amazing that when it comes to the things of God, whenever we're in seasons of darkness and, and really like trials and, and, and difficult things, waiting on God can feel like an eternity, can it? There's times in our lives where we're, we're ready to get to the laughing and dancing. We're not really a big fan of the mourning and the weeping, are we? See, the beautiful thing about these times that we go through, these seasons of life that we walk through, is that they strengthen us and they make us realize our ultimate dependence on our God. They remind us that through these difficult and challenging times that we have a greater hope. And that no matter what our circumstances are, we can have true 
everlasting and unstealable joy. Why? Because we believe in a God who is alive. He's living, a living hope. But yet, we still grow impatient, don't we? I tell you what, uh, I'm going to put myself out there a little bit. One thing that is probably the biggest hindrance of me working at this awesome church is that there's a McDonald's right there, there's a Taco Bell right there, there's, I have no problem getting lunch. <laughs> and one of the most things, crazy things is, we, you know, most of us, we all are from the United States, we are so uh, apt to that big golden arch across the street, aren't we? <laughs> and so often, I, uh, I tell people this all the time. I was like, man, I don't know how many times I can keep going to McDonald's, right? I'm not speaking on this. It seems like all McDonald's, they just, they're short-staffed. They have a hard time getting people through, right? I can't tell you the amount of times I've sat in that parking lot over there or the drive-thru waiting for about half an hour. I'm like, how much do I want these chicken nuggets right now, you know? And I grow impatient. I want it so bad. And I'm so, it just shows my impatience and it reflects a lot in other aspects of my life, including my faith. So often we want God to be instantaneous, but we as Americans, let's just be honest, we really struggle with that, don't we? We're so instant gratification kind of lifestyle that it becomes difficult waiting for God, doesn't it? But understand that God is with you in the waiting. Should that give you encouragement? And to know that this light momentary affliction, it won't last forever. I think it's amazing, like I mentioned earlier, this idea of a season. This darkness, this terrible winter, we have those times spiritually, don't we? But to understand that the light is coming, and it is here. We just celebrated Christmas, right? The idea that Jesus came into this world, he died, he rose again to new life. That he is the light, and the darkness has not overcome it. Understand that in your darkness, you will always have that constant light of Christ. So understand, number, four, number one, what does Ecclesiastes teach us? It teaches us that in everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And again, through those times of darkness, we can see the light. And though we are impatient, we can know that we can be assured that this darkness won't last forever, whether it's on this side of glory or on the next. It's a beautiful thing. So that's what it teaches us, number one. Number two. And this is something that I really want you to sink in today as you look forward to 2024 with hope. Is that though your seasons may change, life around you constantly changes, right? Like Pastor Isaac mentioned earlier. Our God remains the same. If there's any aspect of God that I'm most thankful for, it's that of his consistency. In the busyness of life and the constant struggles of things around us, we can rest assured that the same God who was there for his people in the scriptures that we read about is the same God who is with you today. I love what the writer of James has to say about the consistency of God in James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. You know, life is always going to be filled with hills and valleys, mountaintops and valley lows, times when God feels so incredibly close to us and times where he feels a million miles away. 
And I know that there's been times in my life where maybe I don't sense his presence like I used to, but the reality is, is that my faith is not based off of what I see. It's based off of what I know. How do I know this, you may ask? Well, the scriptures tell me. They show me, they instruct me, they encourage me, they equip me to know that my God is with me through every storm, through every trial, through every high, through every low. I may feel like my God is distant, but I know that he is close to the brokenhearted. This is what his word says. I may feel that I messed up far too many times for me to actually have true salvation, but I know that his word reminds me that my salvation is by grace alone through faith alone. I may feel like I've messed up far too many times for God to forgive me, but I know that his steadfast love never ceases, that his mercies are new for me every morning. I may feel my human sufferings and trials year after year and feel the weight and the burden of it, but I know that my eternal joy is in heaven and it will outlast any kind of earthly trial that I face here. I know this because I serve a risen Savior, a living hope. Hallelujah. Again, Pastor Isaac read this scripture earlier, but I'll repeat it. Hebrews 13, a great instant truth. It says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Knowing that, how would I ever think that his promises will be cut short for me now? He's brought me this far into 2023. He's been this graceful to me in my life up to 2023. Why would he stop now? So, again, I told you this was going to be short. It's already. I want you to reflect on these things going into 2024. I want you to think on these seasons of life that you're facing and have encouragement to know that your God is faithful. Church, if I can equip you with anything today is to know the word of God. Have it written on your heart. Truly memorize it. Soak it in. Also, get involved with the church. There's so many amazing ministries in this church. Become a part of the church, the body of Christ. Grow with one another. These are great things because we're not meant to do this life alone. But as looking forward to 2024, there are three things I want us to keep in mind. Number one, and I'll repeat what I said so many times now, that the same God who was with you in 2023 will be the same God who will walk with you through 2024. He really will be faithful, I promise you. He's got a great track record, I promise. Number two, and probably most importantly, that his promises are kept forever in his word, and that will never cease. In Isaiah 40, chapter, eight, or chapter 40, verse 8, it says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The promises of his word will be kept for generations to come. Just like people before you, the people after you, he will be faithful. But lastly, and probably most importantly, the most encouraging thing I can tell you today is that the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. In case you didn't know, there is good news for the lost, the lonely, and the brokenhearted. If you've never heard this good news, I want to tell you about it. This is good news for the sinners who feel that there's no chance that a God would ever look towards you and feel any kind of love. But this is why they call it good news. 
The good news is that despite our sin, our filth, our unworthiness, as Scripture puts it, our filthy rags, there is one who came into this world humbly, lowly, heart, meek, who lived just as we lived, yet he lived without sin, unlike we have. He was despised, rejected, and even betrayed by even the closest of his friends. He was placed on a sinner's cross, and he took all of humanity's sin and shape, including yours. This perfect sacrifice was slain so that the wrath of God would be satisfied. Though those who killed him thought that it was over, that they finished him off, they were terribly mistaken because the tomb was empty then, and guess what? It's empty now. You see, death could not keep him. The grave could not hold him. The power of sin is broken. Why? Because he lives, and because of that, we can face tomorrow. The same gospel that existed for thousands of years still has not lost its power because Christ has risen indeed and is indeed at the right hand of God interceding for us. And it is because of that that you can accept Christ as Lord, not tomorrow, not next year, but today. Today can be the day of your salvation. Just like the prodigal son in Luke 15. It's a beautiful story of a man who goes off, squanders his father's wealth, thinking he ends up eating the slop of the pigs. Probably thinking to himself at that point, well, I really messed up. There's no way he'll take me back. But guess what happens? He comes home. And while he was still far off, the father came running to him and embraced him and said, welcome home. What a beautiful way to end your year than to giving your life to Jesus Christ today. What a wonderful way to start off the new year than for a new name to be written down in glory. In Luke 15, what I just quoted earlier in the passage, it talks about there being more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. What a better way to start off the year than for heaven to be rejoicing over a prodigal coming home. Now, for those of you who know Christ as Lord, I give you this encouragement. If you are faithfully walking with the Lord, I give you this one charge. Don't stop running your race. Don't stop running your race. Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy of that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, don't lose hope. It's so easy for us to get in these dark times and lose our hope. But I, I challenge you, this today, this next year, and for the years to come, fall in love with your Savior. Fall in love with your Lord. You know, Maddie doesn't like it when I call her out from the pulpit. Her eyes are getting so big right now. (laughs) I love my wife so much. 
And there's times where we're not as close as we could be. But the more communication that we have, the more that I talk to her and she talks to me, the stronger our relationship grows. Going into two years of marriage, it's unbelievable. Talking about how fast time goes, man, it's amazing. But for me to know my wife better, I need to be with her. And she needs to be with me. I need to spend time with her. I need to grow and invest in my relationship with her. And the same goes, I think that's the beauty of how marriage is reflected in the scriptures of Christ being our groomsmen and we being the church or the bride of Christ. To know our groom, we need to be with him. We need to soak up his word. We need to speak to him through prayer. And we need to not lose hope when things get dark. Because guess what? Take heart, Christ says, for I have overcome the world. So, I hope that today you could be encouraged to know that in life there is so many things that will happen. So many different avenues of things that you can't control. They're beyond your control, but know that God is always sovereign over your situation. His providence works out for your good. And so, hold fast to the word of Christ. Do not let go continue running that race i'd like to invite the praise team up now and i'll pray for you but again if you do not know christ as lord today i pray that today can be the day of your salvation and maybe you've been falling short of walking with the lord maybe you've been stuck in this spiritual winter of life understand that christ brings life to all who come to him He is the bread of life. He is the great I am. He is a wonderful, merciful Savior. And so I pray that you walk closer to him today. I'll be down here in the front. We'll have a few people praying. Please, come pray. What a better way to finish your year than to reflect on the goodness of God in your life. As we sing the blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. If you live in or near Bethany, Missouri, we invite you to join us for our worship services held on Sunday morning and Sunday evenings, as well as our various activities on Wednesday nights. For more information on how you can get involved, visit our website at bethanyibc.com. 